Welcome to Doing a World of Good, a podcast from the American Institute of Chemical Engineers and generously supported by Raj and Kumla Gupta, shining the light on the positive works of our members and supporters. I'm your host, Bob Norp. Now, it would undoubtedly be true to say that without a continual commitment to improving process safety, many of the biggest breakthroughs in the bio and petrochemical industries would have been next to impossible. Now, the innovation going on in this sector is truly fascinating, so we thought we'd spend some time talking to a few of the most notable names in process safety today. So with us on the program, we start with the unofficial father of modern process safety and author of many of our foundational texts on the subject, Professor Emeritus at Michigan Tech and current adjunct professor of chemical engineering at the University of Utah, Dr. Daniel Crowell. Welcome, Dr. Crowell. Hello, thank you. Now, also joining us, we're pleased to have the man who took Dr. Crowell's old job as the Herbert H. Dow Chair in Chemical Process Safety at Michigan Tech, former Director of Process Safety at Pacific Gas and Electric and longtime AICHE supporter, Dr. Andre DaCosta. Welcome, Dr. DaCosta. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning to you. And finally, from BASF Corporation, a company which is a Founders Circle supporter of the Doing World of Good campaign, with a gift toward the Undergraduate Process Safety Learning Initiative, we welcome their President of Market and Business Development, Ms. Teresa Zaleste. Teresa, hi. Welcome to the program. Hi, Bob. It's nice to be here. Glad that you could all join us. Well, I'm going to start this conversation by focusing on Dr. Crowell here, because you've quite literally helped write one of the definitive textbooks on the subject of process safety. So I imagine you have, how shall we say, a unique perspective regarding the evolution in this space. How has the process safety focus changed over the years, and what would you say is its position now in the business world? Well, thank you. First, I'd like to start with a little bit of history. Uh, my original job uh, uh, was not to be part of process safety. And uh, in 1985, I was teaching chemical engineering at Wayne State University in Detroit. And I happened to secure a summer employment opportunity at BASF in Wyandotte, Michigan. And it's at, at BASF that I learned about process safety for the first time. And that was literally a lifetime transformative experience. And that's all I've been doing ever <laughs> since. So I'm very grateful to BASF for, for getting me started in this very interesting field of process safety. The world goes uh, full circle sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Some of my students now, some of my former students actually work at BASF now. So it, it is a circle type of situation. So, now, with respect to your question, yeah, uh, it's 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 kind of interesting. The first edition of my textbook was published in 1990. The second edition in 2002. The third edition in 2012, and we just completed recently the fourth edition. It's at the publisher. Uh, however, we have seen a difference. Uh, the first three editions, we attempted to collect the technology. Uh, and to um, uh, massage the, the technology so that it would be useful for students and other practitioner, practitioners in process safety. For the fourth edition, uh, we found that the technology had stabilized to a, 
pretty good ex extent. However, in the last 10 years, there's been a major consolidation of concepts and terms used in process safety. So uh, it has changed and I suspect it will continue to change. So a consolidation in, in terminology, um, that sounds like uh, there is some kind of simplification going on in the process safety world. Like it's, it's becoming much more robust, if you will, and more simplified. Is, is that what you're saying? Uh, to, to a certain extent, um, a lot of the concepts I, that have been developed over the last 10 years make, actually makes it easier for, to explain these things to students. So to some extent, you're correct. Uh, I think there's, there could still be some additional consolidation, but we'll see. Teresa, that gives us the academic perspective. What about from the standpoint of the real world perspective of dealing with it in the business world every single day? Uh, do you agree with Dr. Crowell? Do you see this consolidation and this simplification going on of terminology? And how does it impact your your day to day business? No, I agree with Dr. Kral, Bob. I, I, I see that the how we approach process safety, the standards, the terminology, the simplification is actually a good thing. Call it a consolidation, simplification. And I think that the, 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 the neater we can make it, the tighter we can make this, the more success we're going to have. What I do see adding to that are other elements that push us forward in this space. We're always going to be at BASF, a technology company. So you can you can look at the tools, the process safety tools you have as one element, but we're constantly pushing the technology. That's not going to stop. We've added regulatory management systems to look at the accountability of process safety. We've looked at the people element, the cultural side of process safety. And more recently, the digitalization of process safety. So yeah, I, I totally agree with Dr. Kral that we've standardized, if you will, in a very good way. And thank you for that um, in that space. It's the how we do it now that I think is where the innovation is going to come from. Dr. DaCosta, um, the how we do it now is an interesting question because you on the front lines of dealing with the students who are coming into the profession have to communicate to them how they can approach this problem in new and innovative ways on a regular basis. So how has this affected the way that you educate young students who are coming into the profession and trying to figure out whether or not this is something that they want to specialize in? That's a very good question. In order to answer it, I'd like to just give a, a brief perspective on my background, which is very different from most um, people you'd find in academia. So I come from industry. After more than 20 years in industry, I joined academia. And my journey in process safety started back in the early 1990s, uh, when I was a process engineer for a subsidiary of ICI in Australia. And based on my experience, um, the initial focus of process safety was on understanding hazards and risks. And um, in other words, process hazard analysis. And that's the foundation of a risk-based process safety. Uh, the current emphasis is changing. 
uh, I believe it's it's been more into management systems. And why management systems? Because um, when an incident happens, typically more than one thing went wrong. It's more than one element that failed. So management systems to integrate with other management systems that uh, have been in the workplace for many years, uh, quality management systems, for example, and several others. So are becoming the platform for integrating process safety uh, in, in industry. Um, and the future, um, as uh, Teresa mentioned, is really going to be safety culture, strengthening the safety culture. So that's where we're going. And that's the industrial perspective that I bring to the classroom to make process safety vibrant and relevant to them, uh, ensuring that there is a sense of vulnerability so they understand that incidents can happen, can happen here at universities and the industries where they are going to go. So with that perspective, it becomes important to adopt the principles of process safety once you understand that um, no one is immune, these incidents can happen if we don't take action. You know, that brings up an interesting point. Like, um, what was the turning point or catalyst that happened in process safety that led to that kind of radical rethinking in the way we approach solving safety concerns? Um, Teresa, do you want to take a moment and talk about what the, has been happening in the industry that could potentially make it so that management systems are more important than dealing with risks and hazards specifically? Well, you know, I think, um, Bob, we look we look and learn from every, every horrible incident that's been out there, and I'm sure we've all read the papers. Um, we look at a catastrophe and the, the, the government or the agencies work through, and we always try to learn. And I think for me personally, going back to how I came into this area, I joined BSF 30 years ago as a temp in our EHS department. Um, I'm a chemical engineer from Rensselaer Polytech. And um, there was this Superfund reauthorization. It was following the incident in Bhopal. And it was a, it, this whole concept of right to know. So if you look at the management systems that actually came out and the precursor to even responsible care for the chemical industry was Bhopal. And it was the Superfund reauthorization. And specifically, um, right in, case know, anybody in, the, in case anybody in the audience doesn't know, uh, I imagine everybody does know, but in Bhopal, there was a horrible incident that killed thousands of people in the process. And so that led to a lot of rethinking about the way we deal with the the safety concerns in the in the chemical engineering space, and and it, thanks, Bob. And I think that that raised you know you have these excellent companies who have these incidents, and you start thinking, if we have great engineers and we have great technologies and we have these tools and we're building them, um, what are we missing? And that's where I think the management systems came in because management has to be responsible. This is not just a chemical engineer's. This is not just the process designer's issue. And I think making sure that you have the reviews, that you have the money committed to these efforts, that you have research ongoing, um, this is something that sometimes the engineer cannot control. But around the engineers, you have to have those systems that enable escalation, debriefs, detailed analysis and again don't forget the capital and the money to make the continuous improvements necessary to be safer by the day now that, that gives a lot of food for thought um dr Crowell, how else has 
have these moments, these major um, catastrophes or minor safety concerns that have blossomed into big problems. How have these moments reshaped the chemical engineering profession and the, the businesses that we serve? Well, certainly, certainly uh, Bhopal resulted in uh, AICHE forming the Center for Chemical Process Safety in 1985, CCPS. So that, that was definitely transformative in that CCPS's function was to uh, consolidate and, and, and publish uh, information on process safety from, from the chemical industry. And that, that was very transformative. I think another step that occurred uh, maybe 15 years ago, at one time, there were probably six different symposium or more occurring in the United States, primarily by AICHE groups. And uh, that was all consolidated into the Global Congress, which is a very significant uh, um, uh, event that occurs annually at the spring meeting. And then also CCPS has gone international in the last 10 years or so. And I think that's uh, been a big step as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the movement to the international space and, and trying to make sure that we standardize process across the globe is, is really important. Um, Dr. DaCosta, where does process safety need to evolve next in order to keep pace with innovation that's still happening all around us? Because the pace of innovation is is lightning fast at this moment in all the technology fields. And how is it that you know, our industry is keeping pace with that and where do we need to go next? Uh, I believe that the next step is to take process safety beyond the chemical industry. Um, uncontrolled release of energy and dangerous substances can happen, it does happen, in other industries beyond chemical industry. So it's important to make process safety relevant to all industries and really make process safety part of the DNA of the uh, of the organizations. Can you right give us? At can, I was just yes. going to say, could you give a specific example of of what you mean by that? What I mean by that is that um, if process safety started primarily in the chemical industry and then eventually incidents that happened in the oil and gas uh, industry brought in process safety. Uh, now we're seeing process safety being adopted in um, pipeline industry and gas utilities, uh, one of the um, industries that I have worked in, uh, where the companies are now adopting principles of process safety, uh, launching new standards that are similar to the process safety standard. Uh, and, and they are embracing that because they want to prevent incidents. Uh, we can take process safety to the biotechnology industry, pharmaceuticals, uh, and, and really even to an electric company, um, process safety is relevant. There is energy uh, that can be released, can be uncontrolled, and can be, we can prevent injuries by having layers of protection in place. Uh, in other words, uh, it's important to adopt a process safety mindset that focuses around the layers of protection uh, as um, shown by using a Swiss cheese model that can prevent these incidents or mitigate the effects of these incidents. Making process safety part of the DNA of an organization 
is key to um, the success of preventing incidents. That's really fascinating. I mean, uh, one of the things that's been interesting for me as I've done these programs is understanding that chemical engineering is invading all kinds of different professions. Um, everything from, like you mentioned, the biochemical industry to um, the medical profession. And having process safety involved with all these, these movements of, the, of our profession into these other spaces is really, really important. Uh, for helping to protect both the population and the people doing the work. Um, let me ask, uh, how have organizations like AICHE and specifically its undergraduate Pro process safety learning initiative, the UPSLI, how has this helped your collective efforts to ensure the advancement of safety-related innovation, education, and general awareness? And I guess it's best to start with Teresa since you've been one of the major founders and major funders of this particular organization. So how would you say that this is helping to promote the, the progress within our space? Well, again, <clears throat> we're very happy to be a sponsor of this initiative, <clears throat> excuse me, for a number of reasons. It, you know, obviously, we have so many people in different spaces working on this very critical topic. We have academia, we have centers, we have government, we have companies, private sectors. And I think what this program does is starts that dialogue, brings those sectors together. So I know that some of our, our chemical engineers are working with academia in, in the training and helping understand and provide some of the latest technologies, which those departments can then share with the students who may end up coming to work for us. And I think that's an, on, it's just part of a, a grander dialogue and it's awareness. Um, like I said, 30 years I've been with BASF, I no longer can call myself really a chemical engineer, um, but enough <laughs> of awareness to walk in and understand what's going on, to ask the right questions, to be aware. This is not just the engineer's issue. Um, or the, the site safety person's issue. And, and you know, BSF, we're known as a chemical company, but we're so much more. We do agroscience. We have plants that are agroscience. We have construction technologies. We have bioprocessing, um, mining. And you can apply these skills anywhere. So I think the chemical engineering curriculum is a much broader cur curriculum than we give it credit for often. Um, and having those students have that awareness will, I think it encourages them to just ask questions, you know, to not come in and just draw, make the drawing with the lines going off the pages to really understand what, what the implications are. And also to further the culture that we've all been speaking of. And at BSF, we call it uh, zero loss of containment. Doesn't matter what it contains, whether it's a regulated substance or not. It can be water. It could be steam. Keep it in the pipe. Keep it in the system. Zero loss of primary containment. I think those are the cultural things that start already with this program. And that's why we're so very pleased that we were asked to and able to sponsor the initial years of this program. And I thank the academia side for being so open to expanding the curriculum and, and move us all forward in this space. And that brings us full circle to back to where Dr. Crowell was 
beginning this conversation. Uh, Dr. Crowell, how has this initiative helped you specifically as you've revised your, your current textbook and continue to teach? Well, it's, it's, I'd like to build on what uh, has been said already. It's become clear to me in the last few years that all our undergraduate chemical engineering students need process safety no matter where they go. If they certainly, if they work for a chemical company, they'll need it. If they work for a warehouse, they'll need it. Um, even if they go into academia, they need, they need process safety so they can teach to their undergraduates. I had a friend of mine that was process safety director for Friendly's Ice Cream Company, and uh, they needed process safety because they had huge amount of ammonia in their refrigeration units. Uh, the undergraduate process safety learning initiative has made it easier for us to achieve that. Um, it provides uh, easy to use uh, resources that faculty can use to uh, help them understand process safety and as well as to teach it to their students. Dr. DaCosta, anything to add to this conversation on, on whether or not well, not whether or not, but basically these efforts being made by the Undergraduate Process Safety Learning Initiative, how has it helped you specifically in dealing with process safety and helping helping your students understand the importance and the scope of what it affects in the business world today? Certainly. Um, most faculty have had limited exposure to industry, uh, to equipment, to processes, so the program that AICHE has launched, uh, and I thank all the companies that have been involved and certainly Dan, who has been a pioneer uh, in bringing process safety to the academic world, this effort is playing a critical role in bridging the gap, right? Bringing the real world perspective to, to the classroom, uh, providing numerous resources to faculty uh, who have not been to industry, and, and that's by providing the such certificate modules, uh, exposure to visit plants and seeing in place layers of protection. What do they mean by that? Um, how do those layers of protection work? Um, understand incidents that have happened in the past and the approach to deal with those incidents. That's all valuable information that the faculty can bring to the classroom. Fortunately, me, for me, coming from industry, I already had that perspective, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm certainly benefiting from the program as well uh, by getting contacts in industry, um, getting access to academic materials. So it's been all ve a very valuable experience uh, to bring to, to academia. Let me ask one last question of the group, because this is a program from the American Institute of Chemical Engineers. So how can AICHE members and industry partners best support these efforts going forward? I'm going to start with you, Teresa. Any thoughts? Yes. Um, again, the, the educational side, I think, is paramount for all of us. Um, making sure that we start early enough, and, and, and but also in a continuous way. Let's fast forward to a time where every, every chemical engineer graduates with basics in process safety. Then what? What about the digitalization in process safety? Is that a part of another continuing education? The cultural aspect. So we can get the principles 
um, the design of inherently safer technologies. I see, again, we still have those same principles, but I think we're going to be getting new tools, big data use in furthering process safety. I think that's where I think AICHE needs to be going next. This is a great start, but quite honestly, in my mind, it is just a start because we will never be done with this topic. Um, it's who we are and it's what we're committed to and, and all aspects, government, academia, NGOs, uh, associations. I think that's where, um, I think we're still at the beginning of the journey. Dr. DaCosta, your thoughts? Um, how can AICHE members help out? Sure. Uh, when I was a director of process safety, I had difficulty finding chemical engineers with expertise in process safety. Okay, it, it was taking too long to fill up positions when I was building a team. Uh, so I encourage all AICHE members who work for companies where process safety has been implemented, uh, and perhaps it's mature or is at a certain level of maturity, to offer academia, academia more opportunities for internships that are directly related to process safety. So advertise as such provide internships where the students come in and have the opportunity to look at layers of protection that are in place, even if they work uh, at a plant, as a plant engineer, as a, an operations engineer, a production engineer, um, but show them those layers of protection that are in place that help prevent incidents or that have helped in the past uh, address incidents that have already happened. So it's provide internships and even for new positions, use the term process safety um, where appropriate. Uh, value the process safety experience and knowledge that some students like those from Michigan Tech bring. bring. Uh, make process safety an important enough topic. Make it a differentiator so that the students will be more enthusiastic about learning process safety. And any final thoughts, Dr. Crowell? <clears throat> well, I'll look, look back to my transformative experience at BASF in 1985, and I think if, if we could do similar experiences with other faculty, I think it might transform them as well. Um, uh, you know, in my many years working in the academic community and, and in the industrial community, it seems like those two communities are drifting apart. And maybe if we can do uh, summer experiences for, for faculty and industry, then maybe we can start bringing them back together again. Well, this has been helpful and informative, but we're out of time. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, guys. Our guests today have been Dr. Daniel Crowell, Dr. Andre DaCosta, and Ms. Teresa Zeleste. For more details about the topics we discussed or to find out more about the Doing a World of Good program, visit doingaworldofgood.org. And that does it for this episode of Doing a World of Good. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, search for us on your favorite podcast directory or visit doingaworldofgood.org. On behalf of everyone at the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, I'm Bob Norp. Thanks for listening. Thank you.